0: Another convention and a consequential week in America, with the RNC taking place amid a series of major news events nationwide. Today, I'll talk with Indiana Senator Mike Braun, and we'll hear from former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, plus party leaders on both sides discuss the impact of the conventions and what the election itself will look like here in Indiana. All that and the politics of policing as we talk with the candidates for Attorney General and IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. It's all ahead this Sunday, In Focus.
1: My fellow Americans, tonight with a heart full of gratitude and boundless optimism, I profoundly accept this
0: nomination
1: for President of the United States.
0: This week, we are getting reaction to the Republican National Convention. Good morning, I'm Dan Spieler. Today, we're looking back at the RNC and talking with Hoosiers on both sides of the aisle. And we start with Raquel Martin and Alexandra Limon from our Washington Bureau with a look back at the convention.
2: My father fights for the American people the forgotten man and woman
3: of this country. President Trump's children praise their father's economic agenda. My father built a thriving economy once, and believe me, he will do it again. of a Biden administration. Biden has pledged to stop border wall construction. From the White House Rose Garden, First Lady Melania Trump struck a more unifying tone. We are one nation under God. And praised her husband's efforts to bridge division. Vice President Mike Pence said Biden would make racial unrest worse. The
0: hard truth is you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America
3: and casted himself and the president as the antidote. We will have
4: law and order on the streets of this country for every American.
3: And with the White House lawn packed by his supporters, President Trump officially
0: accepted the Republican nomination for president.
1: At no time before, have voters faced a clearer choice between two parties, two visions, two philosophies, or two agendas?
0: It's the first time in modern history a president has used the White House for a strictly political event. In Washington, Alexandra Limon.
4: Donald Trump is president right now. All of this is unfolding on his watch. And honestly, after years of his fanning the flames of division and chaos, what did they expect? This president has done nothing to bring Americans together, nothing to address the root causes of the pain and anguish over systemic racism in this country, nothing to heal, nothing to stabilize.
2: All we heard were more scare tactics and more fear mongering from an administration that has spent four years dividing the
3: American people and inflaming tensions.
0: Meantime, former Vice President Joe Biden putting out a statement saying, quote, is Donald Trump even aware he's president? These are not images from Joe Biden's America in the future. These are images, Biden says, from Donald Trump's America Today. All right, let's get some local reaction now from both sides of the aisle, and we start with Indiana Democratic Party Chair John Zody and State GOP Chair Kyle Hupfer, who is in Charlotte and Washington this past week for the RNC. Indiana is proud to cast all of our 58 votes to keep America great again by unanimously
4: supporting Donald J. Trump for President of the United States of America. Started in Charlotte, obviously, with, um uh, the formal nomination of the president, vice president was great. They, they uh, both very graciously came in to Charlotte to accept, which, which was very uh, kind of a very interesting, intimate uh, setting. And then last night at the White House was, you know, probably a once in a lifetime experience to be able to, to be there on the South Lawn as the president spoke to the, to the nation about not only what he's done the last four years, but his, his view for the future if he's reelected. Um, was certainly something to, that, that was an honor to be a part of. Well, there are several reactions, but I think the most prominent one is that I think the American people are starting to see through the mistruths uh, spoken by the President of the United States. We're gonna to continue to push uh, everyone we can to vote by mail. You're right, we are one of six states currently that has not expanded. Uh, vote by mail for the general election, which I think is a disgrace. Uh, It's a dereliction of leadership from our state administration and the Secretary of State and all Republicans who are refusing to do this, Dan. Uh, They're forcing voters to make risky choices and exercising a constitutionally protected right to vote. I think the president and vice president and the administration made an irresponsible decision by gathering 1,500 people on the south lawn of the White House, largely without masks. I, I've never really felt like I was crowded in anywhere. I, I don't know, you know, what it looked like on TV, but you know, I was fairly well spaced. Um, you were kind of just with a couple people that you were around. Um, saw a lot of people wearing masks. Uh, clearly, not everyone was, uh, and you were outdoors, so I I, I didn't really feel. Ever that it was a, a
0: danger. All right, let's get more local reaction now from Republican Indiana Senator Mike Braun. I asked him whether the RNC did enough to address some of the other major events of this past week, including the continuing protests for social justice and the major hurricane along the Gulf Coast. Has the RNC met the moment? Pete Buttigieg this week saying that watching the RNC was like witnessing an alternate reality, in his words. What's your response to that?
5: Well, I don't know how you could have uh, written a novel with more political drama than a hurricane coming on shore, uh, you know, on the uh, day of uh, his uh, acceptance speech. But uh, this has been uh, some kind of interesting times, at least since I've been a senator anyway. And I think that uh, that's the nature of uh, running any large organization. And the U.S. government is the largest in the world.
0: What about the messaging on the coronavirus at the RNC? Larry Kudlow talked about the pandemic in past tense. Some Democrats were critical of the number of people in attendance not wearing it masks, calling it dangerous. And Senator Kamala Harris said this. She said the president minimized the seriousness of the coronavirus throughout this year, muzzled public health experts misleading the American people. Are you concerned the president uh, may have lost some credibility on this fight with some Americans? Well, what a
5: curveball to be thrown your direction, but here's my take on the coronavirus. I did a couple floor speeches before we left in March. I could tell from what I knew then, and we were just a little less than a month into it, really, a very tricky foe. And I said, pay attention to the experts, the rules, but also make sure you're keeping an eye on the economic patient. I think the way we navigated through it here in Indiana, we did a pretty good job.
0: Are we going to see the House and Senate come together on a plan, or, or is election year politics going to get in the way here?
5: I'm not being cynical. Uh, I've just been there a year and a half, but I think election year politics will get in the way. On one side, and we had to fight that off back in late March, uh, there was the discussion of at least a couple trillion dollars worth of extraneous stuff, Uh, that has now been revisited with the HEROES Act, and I and about seven or eight other of the more conservative senators have looked to see what has not been spent from the first round. In what I'm gathering from Indiana businesses and institutions, most are having the greatest difficulty finding help. Business is good. That's why uh, unemployment in the state's down into the high sevens. In my home county, it's down to 6.1. And what I heard more than anything over the last month or so was having trouble getting people back to work. So, you know, I think that uh, when it comes to that discussion, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we do make the right steps going forward. And I think that uh, when it comes to how we navigate the disease, And uh, how we reopen the economy, Uh, we got a lot of good things to talk about as well.
0: I know you've been traveling the state here in, in recent days talking with Hoosiers. Senator Mike Braun, Safe Travels, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Today, we're also taking a closer look at some of the key issues in the news with the candidates for attorney general. Last week, we heard from Republican candidate for AG, former Congressman Todd Rokita. And this week, we're also hearing from his Democratic opponent, former Evansville Mayor Jonathan Weinsapfel. I spoke with both candidates about the
6: fight for justice and police reform. You can talk to folks in the community. You can talk to law enforcement. They all know that change needs to happen. And frankly, it's about how the kind of leadership that's going to be in place to help lead those discussions in order to get something done.
7: Peaceful protest on the sidewalk, not interfering with other people or property. Absolutely. It's part of our American heritage. It's enshrined in our Constitution. Rioting, destroying property, uh, public or private. Absolutely not. And as your attorney general,
0: that won't happen. The the messaging as it relates to defunding the police, does that hurt your party in this race or beyond? this year as Republicans take to the stage this week at the RNC to, to call themselves the party of law and order? How do you respond to that?
6: Well, um, Vice President Biden has been very adamant um, saying that he does not support this concept of defunding the police. I don't support it. Um, I think there are very few in, in the party who actually espouse that position. Um, so I, I, I think it is... <laughs> I think it's just a way of, of, of uh, deferring attention from the issues really at hand, and that is uh, doing some constructive reform and making sure that, uh, that we're creating a fairer, more just uh, criminal justice system. You know, as I look at how we look at this holistically, it seems to me there are three pillars that we need to follow. The first is that we have to keep individuals and communities safe. I mean, that's paramount. That is the job of law enforcement. The second is we really need to look at a, a new system that diminishes or decreases the need to put more people in jail, to put more people in prison. And third, we have to have a system that recognizes humanity in each and every one of us. And those are the three pillars that, that I would follow as, as attorney general.
7: I think body cameras are good. They're a good evidentiary piece uh, to have to make sure that, 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 the, that our police are actually protected. Uh, You know, so that's a good thing. I understand from talking with legislators that I do every day uh, now uh, that there's costs involved and there's extra costs involved because of the uh, the storage and the keeping of that uh, of that evidence. And so I think those things have to be worked out. Uh, But look, at the end of the day, Todd Rakita, I'm going to be an attorney general that not only doesn't defund our police.
0: I'm going to work every day to defend them. What's it going to take to win this race uh, between now and November?
6: Well, the engagement of of Hoosiers throughout the state. Um, We want people to be looking at this uh, race on an individual level. Hopefully, they're going to be thinking about who who can do a better job of bringing people together, uh, listening to folks, getting stuff done. Um, And especially in the middle of this global pandemic, I mean, people worried about their jobs, their health care, send their kids to school. Uh, putting a loved one in a nursing home, or maybe even putting their life savings into a family business and watching it all slip away. We really need leadership here in Indiana that can work in a bipartisan fashion. And, and I'm the one who has a track record of accomplishing that, and I can do that uh, as your next Attorney General.
0: All right, more of those interviews on our website. Coming up next, we'll talk with our panel about Vice President Pence and his speech at the RNC. Does it set the stage for 2024? And a timely and important conversation on race in our latest in-focus town hall as we hear from IMPD Chief Randall Taylor coming up. Welcome back. It's time to bring in our panel. Jennifer Wagner, Tony Samuel, Robin Winston, Mike Murphy with us today. Let's start with Jennifer Wagner, the former communications director for the Indiana Democrats. Jennifer, what's your reaction to what we saw this past week at the RNC?
3: Well, um, it was bizarre, to be honest with you. Um, I think Vice President Pence did what he normally does. Uh, I think we've all heard that speech before um, in all of his decades in public service, and um, he, you know, managed to differentiate himself from the president while still praising the president, um, which is a tough act. But uh, I mean, I think you know how could you not watch President Trump and just be truly captivated by the bizarreness of his speech, in that he pretends like he's not the president. Um, and is talking about a post-apocalyptic Biden presidency um, that doesn't exist at the same time as there are riots in the streets and 180,000 people dead of coronavirus. Uh, I mean, I think there's a very clear choice coming out of these two conventions. You've got the unhinged narcissist and you've got the empathetic tested leader. And it doesn't take a whole lot of genius to figure out which one voters are probably gonna pick.
0: Let's turn to Tony Samuel, who I'm guessing has a different take here, the 2016 vice chair for the Indiana Trump campaign. Tony, uh, does this past week move the needle at all for the Trump campaign in the polls?
1: Yes, definitely. The The whole week was great and uh, uh, one that was a success all the way around. It moves the needle in the, the, that was already moving uh, during the Democrat convention. You remember President Trump was out there getting his message out. And the Democrat Convention was more like a terrible game show. This was uh, all class, told a great American story all week long. You had people that were real uh, Americans, a logger from Minnesota, a dairy farmer from Wisconsin, uh, and friends of President Trump, telling the successes of his administration, along with Vice President Pence doing a great job of, of showing the contrast, the differences between uh, what the president has accomplished and uh, the terrible uh policy that uh uh that uh, biden joe biden is is uh is trying to put forth is radical and um and we saw the difference here
0: all right uh, let's turn to robin winston now robin no doubt this convention as we said happening in the midst of a very consequential week with a lot of very other important headlines in the news as well
8: it was a bizarre week it continued the reality show that americans have seen now for over three and a half years, uh, what Tony didn't mention is it included a week where one of the most staunch religious supporters of Donald Trump had to step down because of scandal. It included a week where his former campaign manager, yet another one, had to had to be charged by the feds with bilking people out of money. So you know, here's what I ended up with: over 100 Bush administration people endorsed Joe Biden. Over 200. McCain and Romney people endorse Joe Biden. So when you talk about proven and tested, as Jennifer said, proven and tested resonates with Joe Biden. I don't know what channel we were on with Donald Trump. Uh,
0: Mike, what do you make of the vice president's speech, his remarks and also how that speech might set him up perhaps for
2: 2024? Well, I'll agree with everybody here. I think there's truth on both sides. And I think that it has been a, a pretty bizarre week for all the reasons stated. Uh, One thing I'll add is that uh, my brother was on the South Lawn last night. He wore a mask, by the way, and afterwards was chased down 15th Street by a mob of 50 to 60 people until he was able to reach safety with police department. So crazy, crazy night last night. I'm glad he's safe. Uh, Pence gave the speech of his life, actually. I thought he did a great job, Um, very historic setting. He's, He's perfect in that setting. Um, It sets him up well for 2024, no matter what happens in 2020. I could see a Pence-Tim Scott ticket or a pence uh, nikki Haley ticket. Either one would would be great for me and I think great for Hoosiers and for America.
0: Well, and who knows? It seems like there were perhaps a lot of potential 2024 candidates uh, that took the stage this past week, not just Pence in, in the running for sure. Another big name from Indiana made news this past week at the convention. That's former Notre Dame coach Lou Holtz. Uh, who called Joe Biden a, quote, Catholic in name only for his views on abortion. A lot of controversy over this. Notre Dame's president even responded, saying the university doesn't endorse Holtz's views and said, quote, we must never question the sincerity of another's faith. Jennifer, what, what did you make of that controversy?
3: I mean, just, you know, uh, stepping in it royally. And I, I say that as an Episcopalian, so we actually are a Catholic light um, but I also say that with my play like a champion uh, sign in the background here, uh, my, my better half is a, is a Notre Dame fan and just, it's not a good look for the university and there's really no reason to say stuff like that. It's a personal attack and it's not necessary.
0: Mike, I know you're a Notre Dame guy uh, and, and also a Catholic. Um, your, your thoughts on this, uh, on this attack on, on Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, I grew up six blocks away from Notre Dame. My dad ran the PR operation there for 40 years. So I think my blood is on the bricks, so to speak. Um, I think, first of all, you have to understand that Holtz was speaking as a roughly 80-year-old former football coach with no current connection to the Notre Dame uh, officialdom, except for you know, our love for, for Lou as a coach. Um, and you correctly pointed out that, um, that Father Jenkins, a president, said he does not speak for Notre Dame. Um, you correctly quoted the bar- part about the faith. But also, Father uh, Jenkins says, it is perfectly okay to objectively Uh, question the moral value of people's actions, which I think uh, uh, Holtz was doing in his own way. Now, people have leveled those same charges against Joe Kernan, um, state legislators, Catholic legislators who happen to be Catholic and then vote uh, uh, pro-choice in their careers. And I think, you know, it's tough to judge any individual. There's only one person that can do that.
0: Robin, a lot to come here over the next uh, 60 plus days as we talk about the election itself, how we're going to vote. Uh, the secretary of state here in Indiana this past week saying th- they won't be expanding mail and voting.
8: You know, just, t- just south of us, my friend Andy Bashir worked with secretary of state in Kentucky, and they worked together to make a bipartisan effort to make things a lot easier for people in Kentucky to vote. If Kentucky can get voting right, surely Indiana can. We had a half million people vote early. We've got people wearing masks at the grocery store. We got the election commission meeting by Zoom. We should not have people have to go out and stand in a line with a mask on to vote. However, one announcement today, I believe, is that the NBA is announcing that all their all their, their arenas are gonna become polling places. So maybe people can show up and vote at bankers' Life.
0: Tony, 30 seconds, uh, what are you looking for here over the next couple of months as uh, as we look at these polls? Joe Biden ahead, but as you suggest, uh, perhaps the president making it closer here in recent days.
1: The, the president's numbers are moving. Uh, they were uh, before the uh, convention, like I said, they have throughout, the, he'll get a bump. Uh, his speech was great, it was presidential. Folks like uh, uh, Alice uh, Marie Johnson uh, talking about the pardon. Uh, you had so much diversity at this convention. Uh, The president's going to do well with black, Hispanic, minority voters. He's going to do well in those blue collar states. He's going to win this election. He's going to win Indiana big. He got to tell the story, the American story, of all the successes that have been drowned out by uh, the Russia hoax and the impeachment. And so it's a great thing that he got to tell in a very classy, uh, very uh, high production, very high valued uh, convention. I'll go forward over the next few months.
0: All right, Tony, Mike, Jennifer, Robin, thank you so much. Much more to come after this. Stick around. We'll be right back with IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. The world of sports pausing this week after a police shooting in Wisconsin. The Jacob Blake case reigniting the conversation about policing in this country. This week we held a town hall with local leaders and advocates and we asked IMPD Chief Randall Taylor about the disparities in the numbers of minorities shot by police here in Indianapolis.
5: We certainly don't look at a race of, of, a, of a, a suspect or anything like that. It's, you know, it's, it's what's presented to the officer and, and they react as their... Uh, training requires them to do, uh, and they try to uh, take steps uh, from, from not having to fire weapons, but sometimes that ultimately is the decision that is made, and that the, that's the decision they're left
0: with. You can see more of Birchell Edmey's interview with the chief and our entire town hall online. It's posted there on our website. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Much more ahead on Fox News Sunday and Face the Nation. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.